Hey, welcome all. Uh, I'm working on my intro already. <laughs> this is Aaron Field, your host of Tactical Buck Cheeks, a uh, new podcast, the first episode. You're listening to episode one. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are, wherever this gets uploaded. Everything's a little TBD when you first start, so uh, getting it, to, getting my groove and everything together. I'm a writer and comedian based in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I am so happy to uh, start this podcast uh, for many reasons. One, a lot of things uh, still edge, end of the pandemic, so boredom there, and also uh, 200 some odd days sober. I should check that, give myself some more credit. So I'm bored and I want to talk to all my vaccinated friends, uh, all the things already starting off with, uh, the vaccinations there, but, uh, I have a guest today. I'm very excited to introduce him. His name is Joe Daniel. He is a writer and comedian and former student of mine, uh, from the second city, uh, stand up, uh, I believe, correct? Yep. Yeah. That was us. That was us. Uh, so Joe's here today. Joe, say hi to the listeners. Hello, everyone. Glad to hear everyone is getting vaccinated. And unlike Congress, there's a tiny bunch of pricks bringing us together in the form of Pfizer and Moderna. <laughs> Uh, starting off strong, starting off real strong. Uh, I um, I'm happy to have you. Welcome to my lair, my apartment. Uh, you know, I my dog is here with us, Derby, Derby Lunchbox. He's gonna be my co-host for all these podcasts because he might whine in the background a little bit. He's a little needy, but. Uh, got a needy dog and two people to do stand-up, so everyone needs a little more attention. Every, it's the most attention-seeking household there could possibly be. Yes. Uh, we are... Uh, I'm on the edge of the couch. I can't get comfortable. Oh, no, thank you so much. No one can see that, but thank you. I'm already starting with the visuals. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about workplace uh, horror stories, if you will, and maybe lean into some other stories so buckle in for the ride. So uh, I have decided to not speak publicly on my podcast about my day job. Um, we'll speak about my other endeavors. But, uh, you know, this day and age, it's just better just to have some privacy. So that is just my full disclosure on that moving forward with my podcast. But uh, Joe here has a story about workplace. Uh, <laughs> yes, a Iranian gunrunner bought me a pizza. That's the way I'm going to start it off, and the story will unfold from there. Okay, cool. So, uh, in 1999, I worked for a hotel chain, which uh, I can't say the name of, probably for legal reasons, but if you're a Mitch Hedberg fan, it's Spanish for Next to Denny's, was the name of the hotel. <laughs> and uh, so, working there, I was, uh, was between the ages of 19 and 21, uh, kind of more impressionable, holy crap, this is what adults do life, and if you work in a hotel that... Less than a hundred bucks a night, you get to see some interesting behavior. Um, so we it was a weekend shift, pretty nondescript. Um, Friday I worked three to eleven, and the following day I think I also worked three to eleven or did the morning shift. I forget the specifics, but first day two guys check in, nice guys, pay cash, not at a big alarm back in nineteen ninety nine. Someone pays them all cash, checks in. Overly friendly, uh, decides to ask us all about the neighborhood. I'm like, well, we're by Woodfield Mall. I mean, anything you kind of want to do and you don't have taste is around here. And um, I was going to say, hey, and then I was like, nah, you're right. <laughs> 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 
But, um, so guy, uh, asked about good pizza places and we were just transparent with him. I said, uh, they're all pretty comparable. But this place gives us the best coupons and you'll be, we need one more coupon to collect and we get a free pizza. So he ended up not only getting Rosati's pizza or a pizza place in the suburbs, uh, <laughs> but ended up buying us a pizza and said, hey, thanks for all your help. It was really nice of you guys. I'm like, all right, so this is, this is just a day that happened. Well, uh, three o'clock rolls around the next day and I'm, you know, making sure the shift in front of me changed all the keys they were supposed to and, uh, no major events happened in the log and some cops came in and we're talking like, dude, look like he had tactical butt cheeks. He looked like, looked <laughs> thanks like, for the plug. Thanks yeah, for the drop. Like he could, uh, you know, carry me out of a 80 story burning building if he had to smoking a cigar, tactical vest on, uh, you know, Two guns, I want to say, on there. Or, you know, maybe taser and the gun. I, I can and should be able to tell the difference because I'm not a cop in Minneapolis. Um, Damn. Sorry, topical joke, and that's a burn. And that's a big burn. But, uh, so he's like, hey, do you recognize this guy? I'm like, yeah, he was in here last night. In fact, he bought us a pizza. And he's just like, oh, well, is he here now? And I'm like, I don't think so. I just got here. And I wasn't giving the police a runaround, but they thought I was pretty quick. And they're like, hey, I just need to spell this out for you. I need to know where the hell this guy is. You have Iranian gunrunners staying in your hotel right now. It's the only reason I'm bringing up that they're Iranian. And the guy's like, well, I'm like, okay, they're in room, you know, 342. And they're like, well, can you open the door for us? Because we can't legally open the door. And I'm like, no. And they're like, excuse me, are you trying to protect them? I'm like, no, I'm 19 years old making less than $9 an hour in 1999. You know, fuck this kind of. Yeah. My manager uh, came and he's like, you know what? I'll do it. He's been in the hotel industry since he was like 22. And I think he was like in his 50s at the time. So they go up there and I'm like, you know what? And I just didn't punch you out, but I went to my car and turned it on. And then I kind of sat in my car for a minute. I just like window open and my guys start hearing pop, pop, pop and shit like that. <laughs> so I'm... Backed up, kind of got myself out of the way and uh, line of sight from the uh, that room. Cops ended up escorting them out. There was absolutely uh, no resistance given on this. And you know, I walked back to the hotel and my boss said they had uh, a pump action shotgun and Uzi and three handguns on one of the beds. Uh, a big bag of coke is what they said and all kinds of other stuff that was sitting in the room. And he's just like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. What were you so scared of? And I'm just like, I'm... I'm I'm going to go home now. This should be happening. I'm not 21. I didn't sign up to do uh, whatever you call that uh, college major. Criminal justice. I'm not a criminal justice major. Like, I just want to go home. And, yeah, I remember that was the first time I walked into my parents' house, and their rules were if you took a sip of beer, you were in for the night. (laughs) The first time I walked in and grabbed two bottles and downed one, uh, bottles of beer. Downed one right away, and they're like, so, and I'm like, I have a story to tell you, and I don't want to hear any judgment, because they didn't approve of me working at that hotel chain. Yeah. And, yeah, in short, that's how an Iranian gunrunner bought me a pizza once. Oh, that's amazing. And, uh, I, when you're telling that, it made me remember, um, living in a, uh, I believe it was a Motel 8 when I was around, like, four years old, Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, when I was, that's 1994 for, for time purposes, but mm-hmm. I remember we lived in a motel for a bit. We were in between houses, just like a lot growing up, right? Uh, just kind of like gypsy living. 
And I remember the front desk people just always being like my friends, like my best friends. They were always the coolest people. And they would literally call our room and just be like, yo, Aaron there. And then I'd come down and do arts and crafts with like the front desk people. But I would help check people in. <laughs> and it would just be like, I'm sitting on the counter. And they're like, is this your kid? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I'm just sitting on the counter being like all these politicians coming in. Just, you know, secret like lovers on the side. I'm just like. Oh, hello, welcome. <laughs> Your womb is wetty. You know, just being four years old and just like, you know, not having any concept of like what might be happening because I'm just like, you know. But that's so. So, how long did you work there then? I worked uh, 99 to 2000. And then after I graduated into a terrible uh, job market, 2004 to yeah, 2005. Oh, wow. And then I was doing night audit. That was. <clears throat> Interesting, too. Um, the first property I worked at was by one of the world's largest community churches, which I also will not name due to legal reasons. <laughs> and I had to clear all the porn off a bill for one of their guest speakers. Oh, man. It was a lot, and it was all barely legal. Yes, I know the codes and how that translates. Yeah, exactly. We've just all been on Pornhub. Come on now. No, I mean the code for... This is before. Oh, this is like dark web. Like this is nineteen ninety nine. Dial up. Is it a? Is this a guy? Is this a guy? Oh God, penis. You know where there's more guessing in your porn, and whatever you got was what you got too back in the day. Yeah, whatever you could print out on those pieces of paper that you had to tear off the sides as it got thread through the printer. See, uh, I went a different route. I was really into movies growing up, so just like a teenage boy, I would go to like family video. I'm from, you know, this is in Michigan at the time. We go to Family Video and I rent like Original Sin with Angelie Jolie and uh, was it? Uh, I almost said Jean Claude Van Damme. He's not, definitely, he's not in that movie. No, um, but in, what is it? Uh, Bloodsport, you get to see his butt because he's really proud of it. Did not know that. Gonna check it out later. Just giving you future tasks. Uh, oh, Antonio Banderas. I'm a fool. I'm a. Uh, I'm such a fool. Oh, Desperado was a sexual awakening for me, too. Exactly. So I would rent those, like, movies that had, like, sexy scenes or things like that. I would do my research, like, reading the back of why it was rated R. So if it had any sexual scene in it, like, I would just rent it. And my dad would be like, what are you talking about? One movie I rented so much was Wild Things. (laughs) I rented Wild Things so many times. My dad was like, you're... He had never seen it to understand why I was renting it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I just really like this movie. He's like, really like Bill Murray. He's barely in it. He's my favorite. He's a comedy legend. I'm just watching that scene over and over again. Well, Aaron, it's strange. You only watch the first 30 minutes and then abruptly stop. <laughs> literally just like, oh, God. If it was a VHS, I would be outed immediately. <laughs> But lucky for me, it's just like, you know, DVD, so you can skip chapters. So I knew all the chapters, like, where to skip to. Oh, I was such a dirty bird, like, and then just for thrills, you'd walk by the section, like, the the naughty, like, video section. Anytime like, you need to go, go past a curtain of beads, you're usually in for a... You've accepted your morality is kind of flexible at that point. <laughs> I like, a curtain of beads does, like, say so much about the place you're in. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's either, like, someone's going to tell your fortune or somebody's, like, bagging coke. Like, there's, there's no, like, unless, or you're going to get a massage. I'll say that's also another one. You might be getting a massage at the same time. So, idiot that I am after a jiu-jitsu tournament, 
I went to a place that was on uh, a street in Chicago, and this is before I knew Chicago had a huge human trafficking issue. So I went there, and yes, there were curtains of beads, and my back was killing me. I was sore as hell, and I kept my boxers on. If they were up to me, I'd get a massage fully clothed. I'm like John Mulaney. I'd rather, like, you know, dress to your comfort level means, like, I want three sweatsuits on and buried under a fleece blanket. <laughs> And just massage me through my fleece. It became very obvious what it was, and I got up the hell out of there. And fast forward three years, I end up living above and one door over from said place. And my roommate and I were drinking on the uh, porch one day, because this is like 4th of July, and the cops raided the place. And watching them get busted, in retrospect, was hilarious. I'm sorry, at the time was hilarious, in retrospect is more obviously a tragedy, but... Yeah. when I talk about workplace stories, I'm sure they have their shares. Oh my god, man! I I could I I'm such a looky loo too. I would be <laughs> all about that. Like I'm gonna be. I'm the most honest. Like when that stuff, when something's going down, I'm like the first one to try to be in it. Like uh, yesterday, so I was sitting and working, and uh, I was just minding my own business, and I just hear this kerfuffle outside. And, like, they're kerfuffling real hard. Like, mm-hmm. they are going at it. They're screaming. And I look out and I see it's, like, three dudes, two chicks. One of them's holding, like, a newborn baby. And one of them's just kind of getting slapped around a little bit, like, by proxy of, like, the fight, right? She's trying to break it up. So I see that. I run out and I immediately, I'm barefoot, mind you. And mm-hmm. I'm running out and I start screaming, you know, I'm uh, uh, going to call the fucking cops, like, knock it off. And they keep going harder, so then I go, and adrenaline starts pumping. And first, just so everyone knows, I'm aware I should not have gotten involved before this is going. I should not have gotten involved, but I definitely did. Because I saw a woman, you know, getting hurt, and I saw a baby, and I was just like, no! (laughs) And so something kicked in my body and was like, you better go stop that. So I went... And I'm breaking up the fight. And as I'm breaking up the fight, I realize that one of the dudes definitely looks like Danny DeVito as the Penguin. <laughs> Which Batman movie was that? Please, please uh, correct that me. That is the second Tim Burton one. So Batman... Is it Batman Returns? No. I'm sure there's a comment yeah. section for the two people listening to this podcast to go ahead and like... The last good one before Joel Schumacher, whomever the guy was, ruined it. Oh man, bless. Well, we all know Michael Keaton's the best Batman, though. You know, all arguments aside, he's the best. Oh yeah. Everyone it was, knows It was this. pre-Bat-Nipple, if that makes any sense. Exactly. It was before they really sexualized Batman. <laughs> uh, back to vigilante justice. Uh, so I go and I... Uh, start screaming at him like, hey, back the fuck up, back the fuck up. And one guy's shirtless, and he's, like, the one who's just really going hard at everybody and trying to beat everybody up and is, like, slapping off his girlfriend and all this stuff. And so, of course, I get in between him and the baby and whatever, and I start, like, screaming, like, you want to swing on someone? Swing on me! And you know that feeling where you're like, I might get hit right now. Like, you kind of, your whole body kind of gets prepared to get hit in Does the face. Does everything slow down for you, too? A little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it becomes just, like, this moment of, like, and because adrenaline's pumping through your body, and I'm just, like, clenching my fist, and I'm, like, waiting to get hit in the face because this guy was, like, you know, on a 10. He was fucking lit. He was on something. And what had happened was, like, there was a baby involved, People came over to visit, they were sleeping, they were knocked out, and they got real intense about it and tried to, like, take the baby, and it was a whole brawl, 
And while this is all happening, our first neighbors were, like, calling the cops and stuff like that. And the guy calmed down pretty, not pretty fast, but, like, I was, like, calming him down. And then Mr. fucking Penguin comes out of nowhere and fucking punches him in the face. And I was like, bro, you seriously just de-escalated this whole fucking situation. <laughs> and you come in swinging, like, your tiny little chub-chub fists over him, fucking missing. Like, you were shit hit. Like, what Stick with doing? hunting mackerel. Don't get in the street Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like... And, and I'm like, you know, not trying to roast somebody, but I roasted him real hard. I was like, you need to back the fuck up, little penguin. Like, and then the girl was like crying and stuff like that. And I was like, you need to dump your boyfriend. So I'm just over there in the midst of this. And I'm like, okay, cops show up. I walk away. I get inside and I realize in the house, like, for those of you who don't know and can't see me, I currently have bright purple hair and I'm missing a front tooth. And I was also wearing a bright yellow hoodie and I was foot uh, bare I was gonna say footless at the time I was footless at the time I was shoeless and I was like yeah I hadn't that guy knew I had nothing to lose maybe I, like he knew like I don't he's, he's definitely seen an episode of cops to know those are the visual representations of me and oh shit you're in for a long haul in this fight he's like you're crazy well I'm I'm like crazy too like did you, did you flat out ask him, you want to see how I got these scars? <laughs> uh, no, but I, I definitely did say, I'm like, I will beat your ass. <laughs> like, at a few points in time. So if you I just wish touch you her again. threw him on the ground and started going, where is she? <laughs> where is she? I, uh, my, my brain really wants to make a water world reference right now for some reason. Oh, go for it, by all means. I can't, because I can't remember a single quote from that movie. <laughs> It feels like slime, cold slime, when you got the fake eye, D, or I'm sorry, the fake eye. Oh, I Yeah, that's all I got. That's, I know, I just remember that movie where they, like, cut her, he got pissed off and, like, cut her hair, and I was like, that was so wrong. He did her so dirty in that scene. <laughs> I remember just being pissed being younger, because, like, when I was growing up, I just, like, really wanted, like, the, you know, long hair and stuff like that, and when they cut it, I was like, that is rude! <laughs> she might as you work for that! <laughs> I always shaved my head starting around 19. Really? So, oh, and I speak German. So that is a lovely look. Uh, <laughs> born once in college, like, people would be like, is your roommate a skinhead? And I'm like, oh, in fact, I hate Nazis, but Jesus, okay. <laughs> That's just my, apparently, like, uh, you shave your head. It's a little too on brand when you're uh, out of shape, extremely white, and you happen to be able to speak German. And everyone's seen American History X recently. Oh, that exactly was what people right in the time, yeah. yeah, right in the Edward Norton, right in the time, it's like right in the time frame of that. Um, but yeah, I uh, you said you um, have you you've been to Germany though, right? Yep, twice now. Twice. Yeah, I've never been. I've had the opportunity to go, and I, I did not take it. But. So there's two different. They always call it the soft and the hard German. This is not a Viagra ad by any means. No. So, uh, Northern Germany is more the, I was a steel worker, I lived in Berlin, I lived under communism type areas, and then there's uh, Bavaria, which you picture the umpapa and the really good pretzels and women in dirndls and guys in lederhosen. Um, but I went to Berlin first, and I did that after, you know, I was in Prague for a little bit, went to Berlin, and Berlin is definitely a culture shock after a week in Prague. So it's all World War II stuff. You can't go anywhere without there being a reminder. Russian War Memorial. They destroyed Hitler's uh, chancellery and made a memorial out of it. They took the marble from his office and turned it into a plaque for fallen soldiers, 
Which I think is cool. It's the biggest perpetual FU to the Third Reich you could do for a while. Yeah. And on our bike tour, I remember, it was just like, oh, here's where Hitler, uh, they found his body. I'm like, do I dance on where they found it? Do I pee? Do I do a combination of both? And if so... So make sure, like, I have enough people away from me so I don't pee on anyone. I bet there's just, like, people that go and just punch the ground. Like, (laughs) you know, just hop off the bike, punch the ground. Like, I could see that being, like, uh, in the handbook for the tour guides, just being, like, what to do. Like... Mm Uh, or it, it, maybe they don't cover it, and now we discovered a loophole, and they're like on employee <laughs> onboarding. It's only if you mention historical things that we get a tax break. Oh, see that over there? Yeah, that's where Hitler has let his dog shit in the woods one day. He did have a dog, right? That's like one thing. That... I I think he was very much like uh, someone else in history about having. Uh... Wait, what happened with him? No dog, and he didn't like animals because rumor has it a goat bit off one of his testicles before World War One. This is Hitler we're talking about. Yes, right? okay. a goat bit off one of his testicles. You know, I've got a fact check. <laughs> that might be like a fact checker, but yes, uh, let's again. If there's anyone, if, I'm just kidding. There's no Hitler's left living in the world. Though. There's no. They yeah. terminated their own bloodline. Yeah, oh jeez, I'm learning so much right now. Yeah. How dare you make me learn? <laughs> on a Sunday. On a, on a Sunday. On the Lord's Day. On the Lord's Day making me learn. Uh, but this is knowledgeable. You're just like my Jeopardy phone a friend. Oh, it's great when my wife and I watch Jeopardy now because, you know, we're both in our 40s. It's just, it happens when you turn 40, like all of a sudden your subscription or you're, it you're, starts on streaming on every service you for get, you. You're issued Metamucil. You don't choose to buy it. You're just issued it. And you have to watch three, uh, three episodes of Jeopardy a week. Yeah. I totally believe that. I think there's certain things, like, uh, and we were talking about this before we started recording, of just, like, milestone and ages. Like, I'm turning 31, but on my 30th birthday, I I seriously woke up and just, like, coughed weird, and my back just, like, has not been the same since. I was like, what is this? What is this thing that we're doing right now? I thought we were just going to be... Maybe, you know, give it, like, a month or two and I'll start feeling those aches. But immediately it was like, happy birthday, your back fucking sucks forever now. Here's a pinched earth. Don't yeah. worry, it's going to come back every year. It's a You're, subscription. I need a whole new back now. Yeah. I need a subscription to a whole new back. I remember going to the doctor for it, and the dude, like, prescribed me physical therapy. And I just started, like, standing up more, and that helped, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, also, I think, like, I, I don't drink anymore. I stopped drinking, maybe falling down fucking randomly on my back, doing pratfalls or whatever they're called, you know. Mm-hmm. I used to have a roommate who used to get drunk and just do, like, fall down the stairs, like, theatrical falls. And I'm like, yeah, God. <laughs> like, Why but, didn't your mother hug you more? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you're going to break your neck. And it's like, you've had too much Cheetos. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I... Uh, I, you brought up living above the place, and it reminded me of one of my, like, worst apartment stories. Like, I used to live in Uptown, and um, 
it was like right off the Wilson Red Lines. If you're familiar with Chicago, over there, you know, it can be a little rough. Up until 2011, the you can always find the Wilson Red Line with your eyes closed because of the smell of piss. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent piss, piss, piss land. But uh, I would always, you know, that's how I learned to walk without like making eye contact with every single person smiling, like mm-hmm. Pleasantville. You know, just like oh, bonjour, like being in Beauty and the Beast, and you know what I mean. I'm just like bonjour bonjour right and i learned real fast like you don't make eye contact you just walk with your head down and we lived in this place where the landlord like just refused to turn on the heat and she got cited for it mm-hmm. but at one point like i didn't realize at the time i lived with someone who was like a hoarder and i didn't know that moving in because it was a friend of a friend and and I didn't know a lot of things. Like, it was the first time we met. It was just like, I came over and I was like, all of this for $500? No way, right? What a country. And then I was like, how could, I, this is such a steal. And my brother was even like, I don't know about this. <laughs> and I was like, you know, whatever, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to celebrate, you know. I moved in. We, you know, had tacos. It was like a movie scene, right? Your tacos over, you know, the boxes and bonding with your roommate. And she's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to have a roommate or not a roommate, a girl stay from uh, Manchester for a couple, for like a couple days. And she ended up staying for a couple weeks. And then she didn't tell me we had roaches at the same time, black mold. She's like, one day she goes, I woke up and, you know, I'm just coughing blood, you know, when I wake up. And I'm like, that's what, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll call her Margaret for this story. So I'm like, Margaret, what are you doing? Uh, and when I got really tired of the bugs because the chick from Manchester would just leave out, you know, food and everything and not being very conscious of no, Manchester, problem. New Hampshire or Manchester, like, talk you, funny. Like... <laughs> Like United, right? Okay. Uh, is that correct? I think yeah. it's okay. I'm terrible with geography. I'll tell you that. That's my worst. <laughs> but so she would just like leave stuff out. I'm like, dude, if you've ever had roaches or a bug problem, you know, like cleanliness is cl- close to godliness, especially like trying to get rid of them. You can't get rid of roaches either. They will be in the walls forever. And every, like, if you know Chicago, every building pretty much has has or had has like if you go to the tribune control or are they out of control yeah exactly controlled or not controlled right and so it's like it's old enough uh so this they were i one day got fed up and hired an exterminator who i swear to god was a ray romano clone it was hi where are the bugs at yeah (laughs) I was like, please have a Ray Romano in your back pocket. Yes. <laughs> of course I do, you silly, it's silly It's not far one. from Kermit the Frog either. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It surely isn't. And he came, and I, I honestly was in such distress that I could tell you, like, the universe sent me this man to cheer me up, like, by just his demeanor. And I had made a joke with him, like, oh, I think, you know, they're eating, they're young and growing stronger. And he goes... You're actually not wrong. They're German cockroaches, so they're eating the dead ones and getting bigger. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, you got to sweep up the dead ones because they're eating them and that makes them get bigger. And I was like, what in the Looney Tunes hell is happening here in my life? Well, that's some nightmare fuel for me tonight. Exactly. So, and on top of that, I started smelling something a little weird in my room, right? And I was above... Um, you know, a, a common area room with the apartment below me. And there was a older couple there that hadn't been seen in a while. And I started smelling something. And surely enough, 
they had died and had been there for a minute. And uh, I was going to say, we don't have a lock on apartment door, but I think dead people kind of caps it on being the worst part of that story. That's not a detriment, you know, uh, just accept your fate if that's not going to roadblock somebody. Yeah, I definitely like, and I know you're thinking like, you, did you go? Did you leave? And I'm like, it definitely did in the middle of the night. Like I packed up what I could fit in my car. Tried not to do a lot because, you know, I didn't want to bring roaches with me too. And my brother helped me. We just got the hell out of that place, like, as soon as possible. I wasn't on the lease, thank God. I was subletting, and we hadn't signed a new lease yet. And so, um, but once I had gone, the exterminator had me go into the room of the gal I was living with. And Margaret had, like, uh, just sleeping on chips. Like, you know, crusted chips, like, bags of chips, like, on the bed and, like, it was rough spaghetti. Like, you're not gonna... That's, like, peak maybe depression. But uh, it was it was bad, and I had no idea it was that bad when I moved in. And so... Because she always just kept her door closed. I knew she was messy, but she always kept the door closed, right? And so that's why I'm like, you know, I hate to be that person, but when you're moving in with someone, check out their room. Because it's a very big sign of, like... If you feel like you're in a cutscene from the movie 7, probably not a good place. Exactly. God, 7 was such a good movie. Yeah. I think I watched it, like, a year ago, but that's one of those movies you don't need to watch a lot because it kind of just stays with you after the watch. And why do we always start quoting, What's in the box? What's in the box? Every <laughs> single time I get a package from Amazon. What's in the box? What if Peltro's head? Spoiler. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. Well, it's better in a candle, right? Yeah, how old is that movie? I could spoil it. 97? Yeah, okay. If you haven't seen it by now, that's your bad. Yeah, I mean, that was David fin peak David Fincher Nine Inch Nails, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. You would know better than I would. I you could tell me anything I, right now, and you know, I would believe it, it. When it comes to that, I think there's some things I do have uh, some kind of uh, authority <laughs> on. If, if for those of you who are listening, you pulled out a Nine Inch Nails sweater uh, on yeah. me. I'm uh, rocking that, and then a uh, vineyard owned by the lead singer of Tool. I'm wearing his T-shirt, so so big fan, big, big fans fan. of both. Yes, big fans of both, right over yep. here. What's your so is Tool your favorite band then? Yeah, Tool. Um, I kind of got into him like in my twenties, and I was out late a lot. Just I wasn't old enough to drink, but I'd hang out with my friends who could. So I'd uh -huh. always drive home, and I'm driving home from like Evanston to Barrington. Okay, so. Let's call it 20 miles for the sake of the podcast, and I didn't... I was like, much. thank you for me, too. I'm yeah. like, I don't know how long and that you, is. It's like you could go on your way to get on the highway and maybe shave 10 minutes off, or you could just stay on surface roads. And there was a Q101 show called Sanctuary. Sanctuary. It was always the more dark stuff, so you're listening to nothing but, like, Deftones, uh, various kinds of prog rock, including Tool, so I got into the Latter Alice album, and then all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome, deep-dived into it. And then uh, found out my jiu-jitsu coach and Maynard shared the same lineage in terms of teachers. And I'm like, okay, that's as far as I'm going to get into it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. So you do uh, jiu-jitsu. You do too. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I, I've dabbled. I'm, I'm trying to come back uh, fully vaxxed now, so I'm trying to get back into it. I bought yeah, a new gi. With a mask on, it's more like Brazilian ninjutsu. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I haven't done... Um, I haven't been to a class at V-Roll in a while to know what it feels like to roll around in a mask. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're, I guess I want to explain it for those who don't know jujitsu, like rolling 
is essentially like sparring uh, when you're sparring with a partner, right? That's yep. the best way to put it. Okay, cool. I was like, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm and talking out of my for ass. For those of you who don't know the martial art, it's like wrestling. Instead of pinning someone, you either choke them or bend their limbs in a way they're not supposed to go. Until they say, no, 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 no. And it's called the gentle art. <laughs> I uh, definitely, when I was like getting yelled at by my neighbor yesterday, I was like, all the jujitsu, you know, <laughs> like trying to go in my head. I'm like, I could choke you with your shirt. He's shirtless. Damn, no gi. So I was like going, no gi. Now. Sir, please come down into my garden. We'll settle this. Please, yeah. I'm on my back just being like, come here. Come here. <laughs> just like, come here. Let me wrap my legs around you. Let me choke you out a little bit. Yeah, it sounds about it. It looks as weird as that sounded, too. Yeah. I just realized Derby's looking, so hopefully his licks won't be constant on the podcast the whole time we're talking about jujitsu and all of a sudden you, you hear, hear licking in the background. Oh. oh. Oh, this, this is great. Uh, so work stories, that just reminded me of one. Uh, I work in logistics for a company I will not name. Okay. And every time we called this guy in Arkansas, he had half a pulled pork sandwich in his mouth. <laughs> so it'd be like, you got a 53 uh, truck that could go from here to here? He's like, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. And it sounded like the bug, what was his name, Arthur in Men in Black? Oh. Uh, he's just like, I want water. Sugar water. Sugar <laughs> I do. I say that all the time. What is the most random movie you quote? Mummy. And what is the quote? Is he a light? Uh, that, unfortunately, is from The Fifth Element. No, from Fifth Element, yeah. Why do I keep saying mummy? It's Because they start off in Egypt, I think. Yeah, oh, I'm so silly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, in my embarrassed. In my I'm defense, my dog is named Lilu Dallas Multipass. So, oh, my yeah. God. That's the best. Uh, one more time for the, the podcaster. What's the dog's name? Lilu Dallas Multipass. So if you're not familiar with The Fifth Element, you need to watch it because it's a great movie. It still holds up. So solid. Yeah. So solid. Gary Oldman. And just, I'm like, I'm not sure about any of my references and now. they're going to have strong children, and their little children are going to grow up and have nice little children of their own. <laughs> your, your impressions are spot on. Do you just spend time in, like, your house just, like, I really don't like being... the sound of my own voice, and I got teased about it quite a bit growing up. Um, everyone said I sound like Bart Simpson. I wish I could have turned that into money. Into yeah. Some good fuck you money. Some literal good fuck you money there. Exactly. But... Voice over money right there. Yeah. But, uh, no, just always did that. My parents would make me do, like, Steve Urkel impressions in front of all their, uh, like, brothers and sisters, my aunts and uncles. They're always like, oh, you should do stand-up. And it wasn't until 2014 that I actually got up on stage with a mutual friend of our mutual acquaintance of ours. And, yeah, started doing that. And, yeah, the impressions definitely helped a bit. That's, so you kind of used it as, like, a way to kind of, like, cope and mm -hmm. deal with that, like, getting bullied and things. That's awesome. Like, I love, that's, like, one of those, like, haha, I turned my, my superpower, like, my mutation, air quotes, if yes. you will, into this, you know, X-Men's power. That's awesome. I, I, I was just did weird shit in my room growing up. I was just, like, a weirdo. I was just, like, making out with posters and stuff like that. I wish I, like, put it to good use. Yeah, so uh, what was your, the one you made out with most? Oh, uh, Orlando Bloom, specifically from uh, Lord of the Rings, the second movie. The mm -hmm. his, the scene where he goes down the stairs, like sliding oh, down. Oh, down the stairs. This almost took a graphic turn here. Yeah, where he goes down the stairs. 
Uh, trust me, I know there's. I know my sex scenes in movies. We've covered this. There's no sex scene that I could find. There's some intimacy between Frodo and Sam, but that's about it. I think you know Schmeagel was just really jealous of that one. You know, yeah, he wanted to just be friends. They were just dicks. They wouldn't let him just be friends. Yeah, I do an impression of Schmeagel too. So oh. you've heard that twice. I've done that. You've introduced me. We'll to do it. We'll do it. Why does the fat hermit you have to be the power bottom? <laughs> I don't remember that quote in that movie. Oh, but... no, that, that was definitely not from the movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we joked around um, that my friend would get really bad messages on uh, Tinder, and I'd always read him to Schmeagle to make her feel better. So oh there's only God. so many times you could be like, Why would you come over and sit on my face, precious? <laughs> so. I uh, definitely have Tindered, been a Tinderella in my mm. past. I've, I've dated, here's the thing though, I've actually dated people from Tinder. Most of my relationships, I would say, in the past couple of years, just like most people, come from dating apps. Did you go to the dating app? Oh, yeah. Can uh, I ask you how you met your wife? Okay, Cupid. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Look at that. I've heard OkCupid, okay, I've heard a lot of OkCupid's okay, success stories. Yep. Uh, I actually, here's how far back I go before I met her, uh, met women on Craigslist. Damn. And I, I have a lot of lady friends, your case an example of this one, but I'd always be like, all right, let's meet somewhere public, halfway between the neighborhoods, and I'm worried, worried about a girl maybe stalking me a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. I was kind of clueless. You guys are all like, well, hope I don't get killed. Let me go meet somebody at random. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of that, big fan of serial killers and true crime. I, it's, it's always a, I will say it's like kind of a creepy habit or not habit or just interest, I would say, like, People have put it in a way of, like, it's, like, chickens watching, chickens get butchered. Like, why would you want to watch that? But there's something just really intriguing about true crime. And also, like, a bit of a, like, survival guide, too. Like, Uh what not to, and or what to look for. Like, if I know, if I hear a baby crying on my front step now, it's probably a recording of a baby doing that. (laughs) That's, like, my first instinct. That is haunting. Yeah, but that's been used so many times before to, like, bait women to come out or even people just in general to come outside to check on what's going on. If you have a baby crying, it's instinctual to go check. Yeah. Especially if you don't have a baby yourself. That is truly horrifying and new information I learned today. I don't know who did that specifically. I can't name the killer, but um, it's definitely been used quite a bit, I think, just in copycat. But For those of you listening, do that search on incognito mode. You do not need your search history affected by that. Exactly. Baby crying. Uh, <laughs> lure, luring people with baby cries is probably not the best one. Better off shopping for a bulk candy and a windowless panel van at that point. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned earlier um, that you had lived close or had like something is, with a serial killer. There's two things. Um, Ed Gein, who's the inspiration for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Hannibal Lecter, and one or two other movies that involve cannibalism. Mm-hmm. He like not only killed him, I want to say his mom and two people in town. Yeah. But like dug up bodies, made like lampshades out of their skin, like eh, eh. yeah. He and he was not obviously he wasn't well, but I don't think he was fit to stand trial. And I, I need all this fact checked by the way, but um, so you drove on the way home from Winona, Minnesota, and it's a like historical Pickwick, and I'm like, well, that's dark. Oh wow! And um, I left, 
and this is going to definitely uh, ruin my alibi for the past couple of years. And there was a series of drownings that happened along the Mississippi River. And people were just a little drunk and then all of a sudden really afraid or panicked and then drowned in the river. Um, and people were like, oh, it was accidental drowning. Like, La Crosse, Wisconsin is a huge drinking town. They have the world's largest Oktoberfest outside of Munich. Okay. And this so, is so people are lit. They're getting yeah. lit over there. Okay. But it's all white guys named, you know, Chad. No disrespect to any of the actual victims, though. Yeah. Um, and their clothes and sometimes shoes were found folded on the riverbank. And the other thing, it was an unsubstantiated thing, too. This is still, like, not fully established. As a, it's a theory, but not really like a, you know, we're hunting down the smiley face killer gang. They would always find smiley faces in close proximity. And written in graffiti. And I guess this happened in Michigan. This happened in other parts of Wisconsin and Minnesota, too. So that actively was going on. And my friends were like, in lacrosse, they're like, I'm like, yeah, I'll just walk in and like, grab a cab. They're like, no, you're staying here until I see you get in a cab. And I'm like, hey, hey. Oh, that's so creepy. I can't, like, I hear the, the stories that get me the most are, like, the almost, right? Like, people who are, like, I met Ted Bundy and I curved him, right? Like, he's like, what's up, the girl? And I said, no, no, no. So, I used to caddy with a guy who was a delivery man. And uh, Gacy asked him if he wanted to see a trick while he was in full Chuckles the Clown mask here and had the handcuffs on. I don't know how much of that is true, but... That, that, I believe that, though. It's by the end of hearing it, I mean, look, I'm showing right now. Goosebumps yeah, gooseies, gooseies. I don't, yeah, there's the almost get me the most, like, I got out of the car or, like, I did, you know, because it can be, like, you never know. You know what I mean? Especially, like, having dogs. Like, when my dog sees someone and they don't like them, that's, like, a rare event. But it's always, like, you're a serial killer. Like, my brain always goes, you're probably a serial killer. Like, that's the first thing my brain thinks of. Um, but, yeah, I I don't have, like... I had one time where I was in a cab and, like, he locked the doors and was like, oh, hey. Because I didn't have much money and it was in, like, Michigan. And it was just, like, when Uber wasn't really a thing in Michigan yet. And they were like, uh, you know, locked the doors. Are like, let's do, you know, come up here and we can make a deal or something. And I remember trying to open the door and these drunk guys come and bombarded the cab. And I remember being like so thankful because the guy unlocked the doors then because I was like going to be yelling for help. But that was like, the I think one of my almost like, uh, yeah, that and one time I was running my roommate told me that this was, like, uh, something could have happened. I was running, and it was, like, by an overpass. And and I was, like, under it or whatever, under overpass. And I was running, and this car stopped. And they were like, hey, we need directions. And I'm like, well, I'm not really good at it. And I see their GPS, actually, like, on there. And I get closer to the car. See the back is, like, blocked out. Like, the windows. They have a, super tinted? Yep, yeah, they're super tinted. But I can see the car is full of dudes. As soon as I walk up to it and I like immediately red flags in my head and like alarms start going off and I'm like, no, I think you're fine. I think you have your GPS. Look up your phone, right? Like you all have phones. You can look it up. And I just start running still. This was midday. It was like 2 p.m. on like a Tuesday or something. And I'm like, 
So you never know. That's why you got to be safe. You got to be prepared. Like, I'm really making everyone terrified after this podcast. This is just a big PSA we're doing. It's just a big PSA. It's going to turn into a true crime podcast so fast. <laughs> like, well, but, for those of you who followed Aaron's advice, yeah. Yeah, but it's also like safety things. Like, you know, I, I'm that kind of person that like now I know too much to where I'll just be in a car and I'll be like, hey, if you ever get stuffed in a trunk, kick up the taillight if there's no latch. Right, like oh, someone has to do like post market modifications to remove that latch too. Yeah, the what like wait? There's a there's a glow in the dark uh, latch inside of almost every trunk past uh, it's called two thousand four. Yeah, arbitrary year I'm making up. So it's meant for when kids get stuck in there and they can just pull the latch. That's uh, that's I thought it was specifically for when you get stuffed in a trunk and someone's kidnapping you. I thought it was just the kidnapping latch. Yeah, well, they, you know, they put under the guise of like, oh, your kid might get stuck in the trunk. Like, what? Uh, what? See, that's good to know. Like, I'm, 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 I'm happy that everyone has a safety tip now. Like, hey, if you get stuffed in a trunk, there should be a latch. But if there's not, kick out the taillight and wave like fucking crazy. Wave your arm. They're like, wave your phone. I'm like, use your phone. Like, <laughs> call somebody. I read the article. They're like, wave a light off your phone. And I was like, no, call somebody. And then we wave it at the same time. Like... We mentioned self-defense, uh, just for our listeners. If a guy is ever coming at you, remember, anything he has two of, you should attack. <laughs> yeah. Eyes, testicles, ears, and titties. Sure, yeah, give him a nerve. <laughs> I, was, I was like, does, do titties count? I mean, titties with T-I-D-D-I-E-S. <laughs> no, you, no, that's a nerve that goes straight down, like, into... Into all your kinds bag. of bad places. Yeah. So do a twist so, yes, and Yes, no piercings. <laughs> no piercings, yeah. I remember, like, when I used to work at a movie theater, my boss told me, like, walking out to my car to carry my keys. Instead of being a gentleman and, like, walking me into my car, like, I still believe in being, like, protective and chivalrous. Like, sorry, fuck me. I know 2021, but walk me to my car, bro, if you're that worried about me. And he used to be, like, you know, hide your keys and your fist, like, Wolverine-style, like, have your keys out just in case because you can claw the shit out of somebody. As long as you say, wrong day, bub, before it happens. <laughs> See me? I would turn and do a slow turn and be like, finally, I've been waiting. Like something like super badass like that. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Joe, um, are you currently working on any shows? Anything you want to plug? Uh, still one in development. Just uh, basically me venting out uh, being stuck inside for the past year. Um, and some stories from work. More of those as well as some more original material. Awesome. Uh, and any social media, anything that someone would want to uh, follow you, you on? follow me on, as onionheadedmofo on Instagram. I uh, currently done a little bit of a social media fast, I believe the kids are calling it these days. Gotcha. gotcha. But uh, that was a na- name given to me by a rapper via a cameo video. 